Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is rewatching the film, and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we watched Bronco Billy, a Clint Eastwood Sonderlog joint from 1980. Before I was born. Before you were born, and it was being filmed while I was being born. The end oh, of the like 70s. Day of? The end of the 70s, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it, they were filming it like the fall of, in the summer and fall of 70s, late 1979. You're so old. So, um, I picked this one because it is near and dear to my heart. I feel it is a good representation of the kind of movies that my father introduced me to when I was a kid. So, it's up there with Blazing Saddles, Cat Baloo. I don't know if you've ever seen Cat Baloo. I know Cat Baloo. I don't yeah. believe I've seen it. So, my dad was. I don't think he was a huge westerns guy, but I know in like uh, I didn't never know Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry, but I sure as heck knew him as the guy from Any Which Way But Loose because there was an orangutan and like so funny story. Like I I always knew of him just from yeah more spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. and everything because my dad loves westerns. That's your dad, yeah, exactly. And so and and. I knew that he was a fan of his because of that, so I did ask him the other day. I was like, "Have you ever seen Bronco Billy?" And he gave me this look like, "I don't know, fucking sounds way. familiar. I don't know what that is." And I told him, <laughs> "I was like, it's a, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. Apparently, he has like some kind of traveling like show or something." And he goes, "Is that the one with the orangutan?" And even I, I've never seen any of the loose any which movies. ways, any which yeah. way, it's any which way, but every which, which way, way you can. or whatever, yeah. what the yeah. fuck ever. I've never seen any of them, but I know that those are the orangutan movies. Mm-hmm. And even I was like, no. <laughs> and then my mom said something about, yeah, he was doing some kind of movies that I think were supposed to be funny, but I didn't care. So neither of them had seen it, which I, I really thought that they would have. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I and, thought that was. Funny. And I think my mom was a fan of Clint Eastwood. Um, and probably any which way but loose and or any which way you can and Bronco Billy they're safe you know a kid can watch that and yeah um interesting so I remember as a kid thinking that it was I was I thought it was funny as a kid did you I also thought and I'm just curious the first time like do you even remember the first time you saw it I probably would have been like elementary school maybe I mean I was a kid kid for sure and, and like I said, my dad had some weird sensibilities when it came to movies, and he was he was definitely more into bubblegum, poppy, pop culture type stuff, I think, than my mom. So, so, so it's not a surprise to me. And, like, goofy stuff, like Blazing Saddles, right? So I remember thinking it was really funny, and I remember I didn't fully understand the character of Bronco Billy. Like, mm-hmm. I was really trying to figure out who is this guy? Hmm. Um, and I don't understand what the fuck is going on. And the mm-hmm. whole thing with, 
Antoinette Lilly. And so, like, if people don't know, it's, it is a story about a guy named Bronco Billy McCoy who runs Bronco Billy's Wild West Show. And it's, like, a traveling Wild West show, kind of in the same vein as, like, uh, Buffalo Bill Cody's Except Wild West Show. Except it's fucking 1980. Except it's 1980. And it's, they're down on their luck. They've got... Yeah, because it's 1980 and you're trying to show people a Wild <laughs> West show. Just saying. Uh, so, anyway, it's pretty funny. And, and, and Antoinette Lilly, in kind of the same style as Overboard, is this, like, socialite who ends up in the show as his assistant. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's really funny. And, um... That's so interesting that you just compared it to Overboard. I had not thought about that at all. Yeah, but it is kind of um, similar to that. But the, I understand the similar vein. Yeah. I love Overboard, though. Fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> um, and I also didn't understand the big deal with Sandra Locke. Like, mm. I didn't get, like, to me, she wasn't that attractive. I didn't understand why Bronco Billy would like her. She seemed like a bitch. Dude, the part when she walks. So I, I've heard the name Sandra Locke. I had never really, and I knew that once I realized who she was, I remembered knowing at some point that she was like Clint Eastwood's not actually wife but that they mm-hmm. had been together they were partners that for was all over that I kind of knew about her yeah. wouldn't have recognized her really she looked vaguely familiar mm-hmm. but anyway when I went in the scene when she's talking about you know next week I'm going to turn 30 <laughs> and I didn't know who this woman was and the first like I laughed out loud <laughs> there is no fucking way that you are 29 years she old was 36 and then when they filmed and this. then I actually looked stuff up about her and found out who she was and that she was notorious for lying about her age and I was like well that fucking explains that yeah so so you know it was interesting and she so he was 50 when they made this movie too which I also didn't know exactly how old he was but found it greatly amusing when people would refer to him as young man mm-hmm. and he is he looks he looks really good for his age, but I remember even as a kid thinking, like, dude's old. But, yeah. He's obviously not a 35-year-old. Right. Yeah. Um, he looks good for his age now, but he, he's obviously not. Jesus, he's 90. He's 90. <laughs> but, I mean, he looks good for 90. He does. He does. And I didn't realize what a health nut he was. And when I was reading about him today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I the other thing I really remember, and I don't even know. I feel like it is what I think it is, but... The scene where Antoinette Lilly's ex-husband, who has been committed to a mental institution for the criminally insane, is climbing around outside a building at night, and he slips on a gutter, and he's kind of hanging there, and he swings himself back up. There is a very loud fart sound, and I assume that it was him ripping one and that it was a joke for the movie. And I remember watching this with my dad and being like, he just farted. My dad was like, and my, my dad was kind of a dingbat. Just being like, what? Really? Like, he had never caught that before. Um, so I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. The fart. Um, and that in my memory of watching a movie with my dad and pointing something out that he hadn't noticed, which, again, just he was kind of a kid. dingbat. So that's, you know, when you think of your parents as a kid, you don't think of them as being, like, maybe a little bit dingy. But my dad was a little bit dingy. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, my parents were never huge country music fans, but... Mm. I grew up in a farming community. My mom was a big... They, she loved Willie Nelson. Had listened to a lot of Willie Nelson records when I was a kid. Um, like, Merle Haggard shows up in this movie, and I get real excited. Um, just that Barroom Buddies song and um, Misery and Gin, I think, is the song that Merle Haggard is singing. And for me, that barroom scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Huh. Um, the barroom brawl. But... The other thing about my dad that I always think about when I think about movies is just, I think he just really loved him. I mean, he told me, and I might have told this story before, but 
he saw Jaws in the theater when it first came out, and he was watching that opening scene, and the girl gets, like, pulled mm-hmm. under the water, and That's he great. reaches and grabs his legs in the theater. Like, he was that affected by it. So I think he was really good about just letting himself be taken in by it all and, like, enjoying it for what it was, and I think I get that from him in a way, because... I am pretty good. I mean, I just told you I rewatched all of the Twilight movies. Why the fuck would I do that to myself? I have no idea. I get sucked into it, and there's some really dumb shit that happens in those movies. At the end of Breaking Dawn Part 1, when you find out that Jacob is imprinted on Renesmee and now the wolves can't kill her, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Fucking stupid name. Edward Cullen is reading the wolves' minds, and he's saying what's going on, and he's like... They can't hurt her. She's part of... No no, no one who's in... If anyone's been imprinted upon, the wolves can't hurt her. And then he goes, it's their most absolute law. <laughs> I just like, lost my mind like, laughing. Like, is this how I sound when I talk about Marvel movies? No. Do I sound that ridiculous? No. You literally just said he was reading the, the wolves' mind. <laughs> it's so stupid. But the point is that I, I, I'm okay. I can let myself go and just enjoy it for what it is a lot of the time. So I appreciate that. He bestowed that upon me. (laughs) And I also appreciate that I didn't... I can be a little bit of a dingbat, but I feel like I have way better attention to detail than my old man did. So I'll put that out there. But... So that's why I picked it. I think it's... it's, It reminds you of your childhood. It reminds me of my childhood. It gives us a chance to talk about Clint Eastwood, who is Mm -hmm. kind of an icon. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of. (laughs) Like, definitely an icon. So, so yeah, I'm I'm curious what stuck out to you, what you thought. I'm... Just let me have it. When I was watching it last night, I was like, what have I done? Were you? <laughs> yes. Well, let me let me ask you Because I was so excited all week to watch it, and then I still had a good time watching it, but I was okay, like... Okay, that was what I wanted. I was curious um, how you felt re-watching it. I Did had, you, are you just so ingrained in your childhood memories of it that it just brings that back? Before I quit the cable, I definitely caught it probably in the last five years I had seen it. So as an adult, I have seen it, and I still really enjoyed it. Okay. And last night, I still really, really enjoyed it. Oh, must you, Bronco Billy. Or every time he gets mad and he, like, slams on the horn and, like, gets out of the car and yells at everybody. And just the way that he talks, Lil Pards, all you cowgirls and cowboys, like, let's hit the trail. Like, just all the ridiculous shit that he says. Um, I just get sucked in. I think Bronco Billy, like, that character is a real person to me. He's very real and mm-hmm. very nuanced and I think Clint Eastwood did a really great job with it and it's the movie I don't think holds up great Mm -hmm. the story's a little yeah and the very end is just tossed in there and Uh it's like oh let's wrap it up with a nice neat bow yeah but I still like enjoy the ride I can appreciate that um (laughs) <laughs> I, I I did not love it. Mm-hmm. I have some notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of Can my we start notes. with the things that you liked? I mean, you said you laughed. When did you laugh? When she <laughs> when she claimed to be 29 years old, I laughed. <laughs> okay, so maybe at the... Okay, yeah. keep, maybe don't start with the things that you liked. <laughs> uh, my final note here says, In summation, I was equal parts uncomfortable and bored. It made me, it's so weird how that was the only word that like really kept coming to mind was uncomfortable. I was un, I was super uncomfortable, super uncomfortable with the sexism 
Um, the, the sexism is real bad. And when I say uncomfortable, too, I don't mean, like, I'm deeply offended. Because it, I don't... It's difficult to offend me. It was more just really painfully awkward. You know, you have this woman who is very obviously written by a man. Very obviously. She is such a stereotypical yeah. caricature of of a rich white woman. And She's a frigid bitch until someone comes along. It's and... fucking painful to watch her. Yes. And then it's really painful to watch how these, Bronco Billy in particular, He's the how, he, how he treats women. Um, At some one point, I how think he, he thinks he, about women. He asked he her to light them. a fire between her legs. The... Uh, it's a... Uh, yeah. It was... I wrote down, this woman is a pathetic stereotype of a spoiled rich white girl. I've seen cartoon characters with more dimension, <laughs> written by a man much. And then a uh, horrifically misogynistic main character and doesn't pay for it or get called on it once. And that was, I think that's part of the reason why it was so uncomfortable to me. And it starts from the very beginning. From the very beginning, he has this woman who is also just kind of a stereotypical dumb white girl. The blonde. Yeah. The first assistant. I'm, I'm nervous. Miss Mitzi. Something I'm so other. nervous. Bronco Billy, Billy, I'm so nervous. Yeah, I have. I had it written down. And he's I'm like, awful oh, you're scared, Bronco Billy. Take a drink, and then she goes out there, and she, of course, can't really do shit, and you know, is a failure at all of this stuff. And then there's another bitch that he picks up in a town somewhere, and Dolores. She, she also can't really do stuff, and she falls off the horse. And you know, he's fucking all of these women because he gives you that vibe oh. already, anyway. And he's just like. I, I know you have absolutely no training in anything, but I'm going to shoot at you and throw knives at you. And it's really gross and uncomfortable. And the way that he treats... So, yes. Uh, what's her face? Sandra Locke. Uh, Antoinette Lilly. Antoinette, Miss Lily. Antoinette Lilly. Yeah, she's a frigid bitch. She's a real fucking cunt. I get that. Um, doesn't mean that she deserves to have you treat her like that. It doesn't mean that you get to touch her. It doesn't mean that you get to treat her like a slave. It doesn't mean that you get to essentially kidnap her. And that is exactly what I feel like was happening. And that's why it made me really uncomfortable. What I do appreciate about Antoinette, though, is that... So when you first meet her, she's getting married to this guy so she can hang on to her millions. Yeah. She's about to turn 30. She's going to share it with him, too. Right. And, And she's being a bitch to him. I did love her cigarette holder. And... They get married and then they go to this, they have to stay in this shitty hotel because their rented limousine Yeah. <laughs> like, you got a hole in your radiator the size of a potato. I need you to fix this immediately. Well, I sure like the money, but I can't have it fixed for you until tomorrow. The gas station attendant was probably really one of my favorites this time around. So, and then you see her that night. Why did she sleep in the face mask? Seems like a bad move, I just want to say. Also, and this goes to one of my other points, which is I feel like this was terribly written and horribly acted. Yeah. Just in general, all around. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> one one case in point is, why is she fucking standing in the doorway doing her hair? She's not even in front of a mirror or anything. She's literally just standing in a doorway, like, preening herself if I saw somebody in real life doing that, I would assume they've lost their damn mind <laughs> and I would leave. So, it was fucking weird. So her first night with her husband, they turn out the lights and he's obviously excited to get frisky. Right. He gets, he get, takes off his clothes. And I remember as a kid thinking, this guy's gross. Like yeah. I, his haircut is bad. Yeah. He's got a weird face. Body, okay body. <laughs> and 
He gets into bed with her, the lights go out, and she said, would you kindly take your wet ear, or tongue, tongue out of my ear? And then he's like, oh, come on, honey, you know, it's our wedding it's night. It's gross. And then she just, she tells him, just stay the fuck away from me, and if you don't ever touch me again without asking first, and yeah. then you get the, may I touch your breast? <laughs> She's like, no. no. But here's the thing, like, I, there was a moment where I was like, yes, I like that, because. I do. Good, she's taking charge. But then what happens? His reaction is she's a frigid bitch, and he steals all her money and runs off. Right, so she stands up for her, as far as, mm-hmm. in terms of what the movie does. What is it telling us? It is telling us that if you're cold to your man, you get left behind with nothing, and yes. your only choice is to essentially be kidnapped by some cowboy Praised wannabe. Cowboy wannabe. Right. And then, then by what I can only assume is some Stockholm Syndrome, you will eventually <laughs> fall in love with him. You will, In fact, you will fall in love with him before the single dress that you now own even gets dirty. Why the hell she's in that, in that same, same dress. fucking dress the whole time? I she don't know. She couldn't get some clothes from running water. Um, and that's another <laughs> issue, too, that has not aged well. No. The, um, the, the Native Americans, and she's not even. Of, yes. She's not Which, even. in fairness, she said that. She's like, I'm not, but right. I'm married. I'm a squaw, so. Right, but also, he's not Native American, that no, actor. No, that is uh, 100%. White man? Yeah, yes. a white dude. And an obvious one. Now, granted, I, I understand the, the time frame. Um, it's hard for Native Americans. To, we talked about that a little bit with Wind River, too. It's hard for Native <laughs> Americans to find work now, yeah. let alone 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I... I get that that's part of the time, but I definitely think that's one of the things that didn't age well. And I think, I think the, because the portrayal and depiction of women, and not just of women, but of how okay it is, was, for a man to treat a woman. Mm-hmm. And how okay it was for that to be the lesson. Mm-hmm. That if you're a cold bitch, you get left with nothing, and that's just the fucking way it is. That was the lesson that you got. I get that that... Uh, well, I don't know that that even necessarily was the overarching thought at that point, but mm-hmm. it di- yeah, it didn't age well. The other interesting thing about it, too, and watching it again as an adult, so they go to a bar, mm-hmm. and they get into this big brawl, and Antoinette goes outside, and it's like watching Thelma and Louise all over again. She's in the parking lot at the bar, and two guys are going to sexually assault her. Mm-hmm. And, and he comes and saves the day. He comes and rescues her. So, Which is why I made the note, oh, a stereotypical rape scene. What right. fun. And then he, she has to get rescued. Yeah. And I, and at that point, what can you do but fall for him, right? So that's the thing. So you're a cold fish. Your husband leaves you, mm-hmm. who you don't even want to be married to anyway because gross. Right. Then this creeper, who, yes, sort of kidnaps you and turns you into a part of a show... Who is coming on to you? If if he isn't like mad at you for being a bitch, he's coming on to you. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't even just mad at her for being a bitch. He was mad at her for would she ad libbed a little bit? Must I mean, you? Because what what are the lines? Hey. Uh, would you like a blindfold, Miss So and So? Oh no, Bronco Billy, you're the best shot in the West. Okay, but I will wear one. And then she comes on top of that with. Must you, Bronco Billy? And she did say in the previous line, she was like, "You're the best marksman in all the land," and yeah, that just and he got was him like, really supposed fired. to be best shot or yes. some. Yeah. Anyway, which like, I don't like. I saw that as really just uh, 
that's a sign of his character and I get yes. that but again if we're talking about the story as a whole that character is yes. treating this woman like crap yes. so if he's not trying if he's not saying she's a bitch and yelling at her mm-hmm. which I do want to talk about Bronco Billy as a boss okay because I think that would be a fun conversation but if he's not coming on to her he's calling her a bitch and then he rescues her from these hillbilly types outside the honky-tonk which and the message from all these movies is don't go to honky-tonks they're not safe I mean I would have agreed with that regardless sure and um and he rescues her and I do like it when he beats the crap out of those guys but he's no better he's just a slower moving raper sure but I still like that he beats the crap out of him but my but the the really awful part happens when first he asks her if she's okay running water's like of course she's not okay take nah. he takes her back in the panel truck mm-hmm. takes her back to his trailer mm-hmm. and then climbs on top of her mm-hmm. and and then when she turns him down he's like it's okay. You'll 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 know when you're ready. He's a fucking frat boy menace. He is. He it's totally so is. gross. That's why I'm saying I ha- I just felt really uncomfortable. Um, I just want to put this out there because <laughs> he's a frat boy <laughs> menace. It's true. This is this is the 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 terrible writing part. These these are the final notes that I have, and I terrible is like I made it into about twenty seven letters. Okay. So I think one of the biggest issues I had as far as the writing goes, um, aside from the fact that much of it made zero sense, like, for example, why the fuck did they think she was murdered? And you really, even if this guy comes in and confesses to a murder and there's no evidence, no body, no nothing, zero reason to believe that she was murdered. Guess what? He's not going away. Lindsay, this lawyer can do anything. And then the fucking, like, cop is sitting there going... Well, you have to go back to New York, too. You might be an accessory, blah, blah, blah. No! What are you talking about? It makes zero sense. And that was just part of what made zero sense. But sure. The the first thing I noticed, the exposition is so bad. It is this weird, awkward dialogue. That's all the exposition is. We're not showing people anything. It's It's this woman stopping in the middle of a hallway going... I'm going to marry you because tomorrow I turn 30 <laughs> years old. And as I believe you know, the day I turn 30, if I am unmarried, I do not get my money. And if you want the money, which I know you do because I know you, then you must marry me today. And I know that I, you, you know I don't love you and I know that you don't really <laughs> love me. And you just want the, it's like this weird, every, every piece of actual exposition is a bizarre soundbite, you know. It, so it, it was think- very irritating to me as... As a writer and as as a viewer, I think it was the awkward Antoinette Lily storyline and the everything with the lawyer and her stepmom and yeah, her, the, her, her husband, stepmom. all of that was jammed in there. And I think it was because because I, I think if you just have the story of Bronco Billy, you get a lot of great scenes with Bronco Billy to figure out who he is. They show us all of this stuff. I think there are elements in there, and but he does it a lot too with like sure, well, talking I mean, about you know I rescued you from the the okay, reservation. You're right. You'd still when be out on the reservation in the rain He's and like, yells at all you'd of them, still yes. be out on the reservation drinking fire water well i love my fire water <laughs> no, like she's like just... i'm tired of drinking plain water <laughs> it's it was yeah uh yeah it, it's like storytelling 101 what not to do it so is that was i do agree and i think the annoying. antoinette lily stuff was really shoved in there 
Yeah, and that, you and know, weird. like it I was said, weird. She, it was she, weird. She fell in love with him. I don't understand why she fell in love with him. I have no idea how long of a period of time this was. It felt very Stockholm syndrome-y I to think, me. I think you're supposed to see that Bronco Billy, because his, his, co- his co-workers, his employees slash friends keep talking about how great he is. Which I also don't understand, because at no point does he actually come across as a great person, aside from the fact that he gives kids free tickets. And like goes to the he orphanage go, he to goes, have the show. He 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 does all these free shows. He really is, a, kind of spouting this American dream bullshit. It's like eat your eat your vegetables. You know, don't get mixed up with drugs and alcohol. You know, go to church, say your prayers. But we're talking to your about mom and somebody dad. who says violence is the last answer, but shoots somebody point blank in a bank. And well, but he said, but what does he say to the reporter? When danger is involved, you yeah. have to take action immediately or he something He said like that, and that was the part where I fucking laughed. Because, no, you retard. Anyway, <laughs> you're talking about somebody who carries the gun into a bank and just shoots people, yeah. like, five seconds after they say they're gonna rob the place. It's the Wild West. Uh-huh. It's not, though, because it's fucking nineteen. They came in and said, this is a stick-up. <laughs> Somebody who, when he hears good news, like his friends are pregnant, he shoots guns up into the air inside of a tent. And then everybody runs in and like, what's all the shooting so, about? They're not scared of it. Obviously, you're a dickhead moron anyway. <laughs> the gun stuff was really, did not age well either, uh, for obvious reasons. But he, uh, he wants to be, I mean, this is his show, so I get him wanting to be kind of the, the center star. of attention and the star. But... It comes across, and this this may be part of the character, so it could be a good thing. I think it's just a a sign of why I hate the character. He comes across (laughs) as very self-important and like 100% bought in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To all of this, which, again, I I don't think that's poor writing or poor characterization. I just think it's a shit. He's just a bad person. I think that there are things about him that are not likable, yes. He refuses to pay his people he says that they should be not only does he refuse to pay them but he believes that they should be grateful oh yeah for everything that he has given them i just um and i don't believe he did not appear to be a fast shot either so he obviously was living inside his own head yeah and the and again i i can't i can't not come back to how he treats women because you see it over and over again and it's very upsetting so thinking about how he treats the people in the show they it's funny. So the first time you see it is when, um, God, what is it's Scatman Crothers, but what is his character's name? Doc. Doc. Doc is telling him, "Hey, it's been six months since we've gotten paid. Yeah, we, you know, I just want to be." He didn't to- attack him. He's yeah. just right. Putting it and, out and, and but Billy is a guy who has a real quick temper. Yep. And is very kind of authoritarian in the way he acts, and so he he's a father figure to a lot of these people, and he's like I takes don't get. I, I guess that's my problem. Is right. I don't understand how that could be. So they're they're a family. This group of people is a family. And so he, you know, he he gets angry and he's like pulling everybody out of the trailers and the trucks in the in the middle of the pouring rain to say, "Hey, you ungrateful pieces of shit. Yeah. I took care of you." And then they all talk him down, but of course it's raining and they really don't have a choice. I don't feel like they really talked him down so much as capitulated, which is why right. I think it's really just a really abusive relationship. He's a very abusive person. Right, because then he does do things for them, like like, like he gets he gets Leonard out of prison after he finds that even though he's a deserter, which goes against everything Bronco Billy b- buys uh-huh. into and yeah. everything that he is, he still gets him out of prison. He, like, eats his pride, which pride is a huge thing for Billy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 
I think that's what you're supposed to understand is he's a really tough character. It's it's the high performing asshole thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, the, the 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 highly intelligent guy who's a total dickhead. I think I understood that that was at times what they were trying to show me. I just didn't buy it. Right. That's what I mean. It by does it. seem it abusive. Yeah, right. it yes. didn't sit well with me. And I think that I think that again comes back to the writing mm-hmm. for me, um, and a little bit the acting. But I understand what what they were trying to get at what they were trying to make me see I just didn't I didn't feel it I just didn't feel mm-hmm. any of it I didn't feel like any of his redeeming qualities they mm-hmm. didn't come through as redeeming to me it just seemed awkwardly placed and not part of the character that as I have seen it um I didn't understand like I get that they were going for kind of a friends to lovers kind mm-hmm. of thing but at no point did I actually see a real believable progression mm-hmm. So I understand what was supposed to happen. I just, I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel it. And I didn't, the friends to lovers thing, that is, to me, that isn't what they were going for. They were going for that, like, two people hate each other, but then they realize they really love each other. I'm sorry, so that was, that yeah, was what, that's enemies the, to lovers. the trope from a lot enemies of romantic comedies. was in my head, I just said yeah, friends that's to lovers, the yeah. trope from a lot of uh, romantic comedies. Um, yeah, and I, that I think as a kid, that's what I didn't, I didn't understand her which maybe you're pointing something really good out here, was that she's not a realistically yeah. drawn woman. Yeah. And then I didn't understand, so I didn't understand why he liked her, because mm-hmm. she seemed like a real bitch. Yeah. Even though most of the time she was just standing up for herself. Um, sometimes she was, and sometimes she, that's why I feel like she was just super one-dimensional yeah. too. All, and I also didn't fully get him, and I think as a kid that he was an ex-con who was born in a tenement in New Jersey, completely over my head. That, oh, you just didn't know what that meant. So really. watching it, and I, they shoved this in at the end. Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be. He decided he was going to be the fastest gun in the West, and so he turned himself into that. Yeah, I think, and this is maybe just me being a cynical person too, but <laughs> the reason why that statement didn't resonate with mm-hmm. me or that that uh, theme didn't resonate with me. Well, because they jammed it in there. First of all, yes. First of all, they they, just, it just shows up. Exactly. There's no lead up to it. Mm-hmm. You don't actually get it's the like, feeling It's like now we're going to say the it. it's like watching a Woody Allen movie. Now we're going to say the obvious for you. Yeah, there you okay. go. Um, but I also feel like it's very obvious to me that you're not the fastest gun <laughs> in the West. And even if you were, you're about 100 years too late. <laughs> so, He's a yellow-bellied egg sucker is what he is. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. And I guess I was kind of expecting, once I realized, which of course is the first few minutes, you know, you realize it's modern, so to speak, mm-hmm. modern times, modern for when it was made. And this dude is trying to have like a like a Buffalo Bill Cody themed show in modern times. I thought they were going to play more into that. And mm-hmm. I, that was what I you thought would have been really interesting yeah. is how do these people fit in and how does this show fit into modern times? And are we going to then explore the fact that this thing that dead. he wants to be does not exist anymore. That would have been really interesting to me. And I feel like there were minor touches. There were some things. Like when he tries to rob the train, I think that was a really good. That but was I also, weird. There, so <laughs> that was I did, really weird I did write down last night at one point, is Bronco Billy deluded? Is he delusional? Because he's doing some fucking fucking crazy shit. He decides to rob a fucking train. Are yeah. you serious? Which is yeah, not and even then he, not even just a bad idea, but uh, yes, a ridiculous but stupid idea. There, he has enough charisma and trust from his people that they are willing to go along with Which it. Is <laughs> so to me that again is a sign of a really abusive relationship. I don't think any of those people thought it was a good idea, <laughs> but they did it anyway. But they did it anyway. 
it, it was nuts. It was nuts. And she even tried to talk, like, Antoinette tries to talk him out of it, and he's like, nope, we're doing it. But that I thought, I had forgotten about the train robbery thing, and that, to me, was, again, very amusing. I also, the very end, and I don't remember it being, I didn't remember it being so quick at the mm-hmm. end. She's... The, the pill thing. The pills. I, First of all, as a kid, found that so funny. And yeah, I, I, think, think, I remember my mom har-haring about that, too. I think when she answered the phone and spit them all out, yeah, I do think that was funny. funny. The problem is that, to me, that funny part, that's a bit. Yeah. And you're just shoving it in. Yes. Because it makes zero sense as to why this person... Why was she killing herself? Yeah. She would have, no- you're talking about someone who, when she was left behind by her husband and had all of her stuff stolen, her first thought was to go out and get her shit back and, you know, do whatever she had to do to get to where she needed to be. But, but now that she's back at home, she's just going to kill herself? She like, can't be with Bronco Billy? Why can't she be with Bronco Billy? And, yeah, Didn't and make any sense. And there's zero reason why she can't. So they brought her back home for who the fuck knows what reason. Right. Because nobody's charging her with anything because no crime was committed. But mm-hmm. let's say that there was something that needed to be sorted out with her back in New York. Yeah, you can just go back and I don't understand why she needed someone else to call her to tell her to come back I think maybe because so when it all comes out that her husband was at the home for the criminally insane which that didn't age well either no and they realize that he's not crazy and he didn't kill her and they're sitting in the office and talking about everything I think Billy was really upset that she didn't tell but he knew that but she was she, married yeah, she didn't know any of this but i think he still was mad about it and, and which the, would just go to show that he is again not a he, good person he's a very, he's blaming her for things that have nothing to do with I her i mean think about the story that he tells her about how he was married once but he found her in bed with his best friend and she's like oh what'd you do i shot her yeah. i shot her well no he i didn't hurt him he was my best friend he was my best friend that is so disturbing i know but it's also very funny um, I found it amusing. I think again. I think it, I think a lot of that comes back to the characters for me. Like if if he had a redeeming quality, or if he ever got called on his shit, yeah. If he ever paid for that kind of shit, then I think his methodology, his way of thinking, would be funny along the way because you know that there's some sort of justice mm-hmm. payoff in the end. But there's not. It's yeah. just he gets what he wants. He's just time. a dick, and he wins. Yeah. So she takes the pills. So long, Bronco Billy. Yeah. And- then the phone rings. She spits them out, and the next thing you know, we're it's watching. There. We're watching the Wild West show. He announces that it's going to be. I think it was going to be Lefty was going to be the assistant, and then she shows up, and then you have. And the then big, all of them walk out, which was so bizarre so too. Was like, the, let's all just go together. So it opens with the show and it closes with the show, and I think maybe part of the reason because this is a two-hour movie. It's not a short movie. I feel like we saw a lot of Eastwood being Billy and doing his things. I think. You mentioned the writing. I think the movement of the story, I feel, was janky because they yeah. showed us a lot of the stunts in the show, which I understand why they did that. It's That's part of the movie. It's called Bronco Billy, and it's about a Wild West show, but I think if they'd have had less of that and more actual story story and, yeah. like, moving it along, it would have been better and maybe not felt so shit. I also think, together. I think the stunts are part of what didn't age well, too. And I don't blame the movie for that. I think a lot of that is... You can go on YouTube right now and you can see people who do amazing fucking shit. Like there's a lot of, there are stunts everywhere. Yeah. There are gymnasts and parkour athletes and what the fuck ever that you can find all over YouTube. So I'm watching this kid with his lasso and I'm thinking, yeah, do. that's cool. Like, good job. But I don't care. I've seen more amazing stuff. I think part of why my dad would have, my dad, I mean, 
he got us Red Rider BB guns. He was definitely into that, like, cowboy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it connected with him in a way. Because, you know, you see the little kids and they're, like, checking out his car and he shows up and he gives them the lecture about staying in school. And they're like, but it's yeah. a Saturday. And he gives them tickets. And to see that, you see the kids' reactions in the audience, too, when they're watching the show. They're like, whoa, I think it was just a different time. I you, do think that. But, yeah. again, I think that's why you say it was a different time and it was. But, honestly, that time frame was still a, there was... There were people who thought that was stupid. It was still transitory. And I think that would have been a more interesting story is talking about the transition of somebody who is 50 years old in 1980. So Mm -hmm. he would have been born in 1930. Yep. Buffalo Bill Cody was still going in the early 1900s. So there's not a huge chunk of time between those shows and when this guy was a kid. Mm -hmm. But here he is. And I don't know that they said he was 50. But, you know, here he is Mm -hmm. now 50 years later. The world is a very different place now. And there are still remnants of the cowboys and Indians kind of feel and you know some kids do kind of want to be part of that still but a lot of people are totally over it and that's why I don't think a show like that would have done well or would have survived and you kind of get a feel in the first scene there's nobody really there Mm -hmm. you know and you do get the feeling like maybe people don't really care but then later they're pulling in audiences and I don't know why that's because 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 of the publicity he got publicity from the bank robbery he got publicity from what was happening with her like remember they're sitting the people from the show were sitting in the home for the grimly insane and the reporters show up and they're like are you patients here like i think well that was at the very end right i think i think it was i think it was the publicity i i honestly do and i think that they're trying to show that throughout like he's garnering all of this publicity because i just wanted wanted and then the 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 tent burning down would have been news yeah i guess i wanted to see that sort of the zeitgeist struggle more so than this weird Mm -hmm. haphazardly thrown together and this isn't like they're like they were in Idaho and yeah, Kansas and that I think was the and, interesting part yeah. is they're in those places where yes, they're in you the are West. going to have some people who have that same reminiscent yep. quality, and there would definitely, I think, there would definitely mm-hmm. be kids who would come out with their cap guns and mm-hmm. you know want to like see the cowboy, but it's not everybody. That's why I mean by it's that transition time, and I think that's the more interesting story. Yeah, and I I don't know. I feel like there's a generation of children, and I don't know. What, I don't think the kids care about this anymore, for sure. I think the kids care about video games and... Right. So so think about kids in 1980. We were born around that time, so mm-hmm. we're not much older than them, and think about how you grew up and how you were raised, and yeah, we still played outside, and might have played, you know, some kind of, like, I would play Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, and we like, liked that show. It was a right, right, right. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, some of the more wholesome kind of, not mm-hmm. that Cowboys and Indians is wholesome as we know mm-hmm. now, but, of course, that was kind of the idea that, you know, um, you would you would play Cowboys and you would mm-hmm. have this wide open space and you could imagine yourself out yeah. there wrangling cattle or what the fuck ever. I think there was a lot of that going on, but we moved into, as you move out of the 80s and into the 90s, there was, that was when... I feel like Space Cowboys we, became a bigger deal. I feel like Star Wars took over and that Well, that me, was early 80s as well. So yeah. it's that same time frame. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I mean is there was a lot there was a pull to be a more adventurous with your outdoor play and I feel like Cowboys was kind of the more wholesome of it mm-hmm. and instead we wanted to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. And we wanted mm-hmm. to be yeah, in Star Wars and there was that huge adventurous uh it's it's just a shift. Kind of it was a shift. The setting changed. Yeah. We went from the late 1800s, you know, cowboys and Indians thing. And into we, the future. Into the, right. We, or, I guess, you mentioned Indiana past, Jones, but. which, I mean, he's living in the 40s and right. whatever, but, but it's, it's a more modern day. in the sense of right. everything seems more futuristic. Yeah. 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 Um, that's an interesting, that's really an interesting thought. And I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I read 
that this didn't have a great people didn't even show up to see the movie. Didn't people come to see people didn't come to see it, but it didn't get panned by the critics. And it would have been it was released in a different time. So yeah, it got a higher star rating than I Yeah, expected. I think um like they I I saw a quote from one critic was saying like they liked the juxtaposition of the old West and the New West. Um I still think Bronco, I don't think it was bad, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. I think Bronco Billy is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And again, this is who when I think about Clint Eastwood, it's this guy and it's the dude from Gran Torino. That's that's what I have in my head. Because I haven't seen a lot of his films. So I I haven't seen... I mean, like I said, my, my dad's a huge Western fan, so Clint Eastwood was definitely on in the background at times. Mm-hmm. What I knew of him... Because I remember when he... I mean, he'd been directing. Like, he directed this. I didn't know that. I, I didn't realize he, he was a director even back... I didn't realize no, he I directed didn't. this. That's what no, I mean. yeah. I didn't know until... I would say Bridges of Madison County time. Okay. Um, so that was what mid '90s, something like. I that. I mean, Unforgiven, Million Dollar Baby. I've seen Unforgiven. I, see I haven't Unforgiven. seen Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, I didn't see Unforgiven. I at have the time. seen Bridges of Madison County. Read the book um, too. Okay. I never saw Bridges of Madison County actually, but I remember him getting a lot of attention for directing it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I knew who Clint Eastwood was. He was like a spaghetti western actor in mm-hmm. my mind. And how I thought of it at that time was. Thank God he found something he's good at because he's a terrible fucking actor. No, you think he's a bad actor? I think so. And then that, and this was before, like, I, I love Million Dollar Baby and I think he was good in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's always terrible, but um, I do not think that he is a particularly good actor. I think he has a very certain style that is oh, just yeah. him. Yeah. And he's just being himself. And sometimes that works, but that's not a good actor. That's just... Sometimes you, as you are, work as this Fair. character. He, you've seen Gran Torino, right? Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, I, thought I it was don't really even good. remember it. I just remember watching that's it like, and going, eh. To me, that I would think you would have loved. That's the classic, like, get off my lawn, you fucking kid. Like, well, yeah, it was. You know? but I, I don't know. I, of his movies, so the movies he's acted in, the only one that I like that I've actually seen him in is, I would say, Million Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the movies it. he's directed, Million Dollar Baby, I love Mystic River. I love Mystic he, River. Did he direct that? Yeah. and it's, It is a good, is a very good film. So, an and, and I think, story. I do think he's a great director. I think he has, so for me at least, because we've talked about this before, I'm a huge fan of like, the slower pacing, mm-hmm. as long as it's done well. Bronco Billy was boring to me. Mm. Like the slower pacing of it, I felt was painful as opposed to uh, evocative mm-hmm. but something like Mystic River or Million Dollar Baby or or Unforgiven um, or um, the one that just came out not too long ago uh, with the guy the Richard Jewell yeah I, I, oh oh Richard Jewell I said the mule oh the mule no I haven't yeah. seen the mule you're thinking about Paul Walter Hauser yes whose name is I can Paul never remember Walter his Hauser name, and I say he's... his name Paul Walter Hauser, like Walter Hauser is the last name, but it's Paul, Paul Walter, Walter Hauser. Hauser, and yes, he was Paul, I need Jewel. to ingrain his name in my mind because he's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, all of the that pacing works really well to build that dramatic story, um, and I think that he's very talented at, at doing mm-hmm. that. Um, he's got so much experience. Yeah, well, yeah, he's almost one, 100 years. He's one of those guys that I... I didn't realize he first. I, I did like you. I didn't realize he'd been directing so early. Mm-hmm. Like early, he's been directing for decades. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't until I guess Unforgiven probably came. Unforgiven came before. And I would have thought that would have been 
because to that me, was early that 90s, was but, yeah. Um, in my mind, that was his first movie that he directed, and I think it was because I believe he was nominated for an Academy Award for it, and maybe it may that's have been why his when first he started nomination. to get real recognition. Yeah, I think that was regardless of whether he was nominated, which I think he was. Um, but I think that was when he first first started to get exactly the recognition. So for I didn't know a lot about him. Oh, Space Cowboys, I actually really liked too. Oh, which I've never seen that either. So um, I didn't know a lot about him. And I read most of the Wikipedia on him today. I didn't go through all the career stuff because there's so much. Um, I read a lot about his personal life. I mean, I knew that he had a lot of different ladies in his life. I knew he had a lot of kids. I didn't realize how many children he's had by how many women. I didn't realize that I he knew hasn't he had, yeah. admitted to the... Uh, I'm yes. sure he has more kids than that. I knew he had several children, and I knew that some of them were illegitimate. I did not realize that all but two, is it, mm. were illegitimate and many of them were fathered yep. while he was in other, other relationships. relationships. And that comes back to um, a really disgusted, uncomfortable feeling. So that's that... the thing. I want to, I have a good feeling associated with him and Bronco Billy and like his other stuff. And then I started reading and I'm like, this guy sounds like kind of a prick. And yeah. then I started to read the Sandra Locke stuff. All the Sandra Locke stuff. And I and was like, And she does, to be fair, sound. She sounds like a bit much. Yeah. Can, yeah, I, I want to talk more about her, but uh, yeah, she sounds like a bit much. And I, it's interesting too, because I know she got cancer and then she was in remission and she eventually it came back and it killed her. And uh, I was, I think it, it one quote that I read in the Wikipedia was just like, he doesn't care if I live or die. But there were so, like, she has this huge palimonies. Because they were together for, like, over a decade. It was a decade uh, 15 and a half. years or so, yeah. And he was married most of the time. Mm-hmm. She was married the entire she, time. Which I thought was really interesting, too. A fascinating too. Her story. Her marriage, yeah. Her Mr., I don't know what his first name was, Anderson, somebody Anderson, that they were, they never consummated their relationship. Yeah, that he, she had was, said at one point, he's like my sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they both seem like really interesting people in that they are not letting themselves be locked into these traditional roles or relationships. Well, I think what sounded most interesting too, and why I, I don't, I don't think I would have liked or would like either of them as real people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I no, would. No, they both sound like a couple of right, assholes. I don't think I could possibly be friends with either of them. Yeah. Uh, but w- I would be curious to see the movie about them. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's the dramatic flair. Both yeah. of them were saying, you know, that, oh, I've never experienced love like this before. Yes. Everything is just we so We made love amazing. multiple times on our first date. It was like two right. becoming one. That's, that's like, that's the dream, that's right? Yeah. And I, do I think in any way that that would work in real life? No. And I think that their real lives show that. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of, it's interesting that these two movie stars mm-hmm. had this very movie-like Relationship. experience, right? So yeah, so he's, he's married. He has an open relationship with his wife. He... He and Sandra are living together, like, sexing. The other interesting parts, I think, of their relationship, so the palimony suit, and I think her biography kind of brought all of this to light, where she she became pregnant with him twice, mm-hmm. aborted both children, said yeah. something like, I just don't think I could ever be a good mother, or something like that. Then has a tubal ligation, and I guess in the palimony suit was saying initially it was a forced, like forced upon her, but later on she said it was a mutual decision, and yeah. he, of course, released that a statement. Me- Sounds just like her lawyer. I mean, she, like, I'm let's sure she make relayed, it as dramatic as possible. Right, she's we gonna, want the money. Well, it's, yes, and I'm being dramatic. It's you relay everything to your lawyer, and your lawyer is going to turn it just enough yep, to make, to him make it. the enemy, and that's just how it is. And then they end up settling, and part of the settlement is this $1.5 million deal with, I think, Warner Brothers, where she can direct. And then she's getting blackballed in Hollywood, 
and they're which is really sad she starts to look into it ends up suing them and him again because she's like they're not letting me do my mm-hmm. like do the stuff that i want to do which all of that was super sad and i didn't and realize the friends she lost that was the yes. other thing i read about that yes. was just heartbreaking is her life is over yep. her life's over because he's more powerful yep and everybody turned their back on her and i think and i didn't realize how other women had viewed her as kind of a pioneer that she was a director and she'd been in the mm-hmm. industry for so long and she'd done so much work and that was also really great I thought um, so, I find it very curious too that she had mentioned at one point that he really didn't like me working with others mm-hmm. you know he really wanted to just have me working with him they were together for 15 years and that was you know in her prime and I wonder how much work she may have lost out on because she was kind of riding his coattails mm-hmm. per his request and he was having sex with other women and getting them pregnant while he yeah. was with her which again i just come back to your and that's got here's the thing like to each his own live and let live I what mean, the yeah, fuck do ever whatever you want but to do but what you, the fuck? you're a gross person that's just gross like i'm so it's not even about do what you want to do what you're a gross. i reserve the right to say you're a gross person yeah exactly you you, you do you and that's whatever i can't stop you but i'm a judgmental person and I'm going to judge you and I'm going to judge you as being gross because it's gross because you're a gross person that's just the way it is first of all I'm not even saying it's gross to go out and have sex with a bunch of people why the fuck aren't you using birth control I know you should not be littering children all over the western seaboard seems like the kind of guy who would be like I don't like the way condoms feel well fuck you old man does kind of seem like it also if you consider that he was very famous at a young age that probably it wasn't that young we're not talking about like a 17 year old kid who all of a sudden has his pick a pussy i'm just saying he's been in hollywood for years and years and years that definitely has got to go to your head i've never thought that he was attractive i think he's very attractive oh i've never thought because i remember i mean like again i remember seeing him when i was a kid in Mm -hmm. the older western so obviously he was younger at the time and i remember thinking that's an ugly person. Unfo- He's an ugly dude. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I think that Bronco Billy is super sexy. Okay. Is it the character or? It's Clint. It's the character. It's all of it. Yeah, I I just am. I, I, I find him I've always thought funny like, in he his looks delusions. Like, and... He looks like an alien, like a snarling alien. No, I think he looks good. No, he's like a snarling alien and I don't get it. And I, you know, I have a skin problem, like he's problems with mole. skin stuff. He's got and he has that mole and I can't take yeah. that. Yeah. I always come back to John Candy and him telling the woman, why don't you just... Here's a, here's a quarter, why don't you go downtown and I'll rat, that, I'll rat and all that thing off your face. Yes. It's a great... To be a, clear, I don't think he should do that now. He's had it his whole life. And I do, again, think that he looks great for a 90-year-old. He is in excellent shape, has held up well. His his appearance is not for me. Do you, do you like Scott Eastwood? Do you think he's an attractive man? I think he's really good looking. I think he's attractive. I don't think yeah, he's... He's like an all-American kind of look. Yeah, like, exactly. Which doesn't mm-hmm. normally do it for me, mm-hmm. so I... Except for, like, Chris Hemsworth, who isn't an American, but has definitely has that kind of, like, jockey... Uh, a little bit of, like, the surfer kind of look. Yeah, Chris ha- Evans bit. does, too, Chris in Evans, a little bit different the, way. The thing with Chris Evans, though, is I don't like him when he's, like clean shaven and you like lighter the, you hair you like the grunge of course, i like yes. it, exactly he's gotta like be dark and bearded and yeah well i told you you got some competition because katie's discovered him and good luck good I'm, luck to you whatever i'll cut Should, I, last night i was cut like we were talking about the chris's chris pine chris evans and chris hemsworth and i said but but she was talking about evans and hemsworth and i'm like you gotta pick one captain america or thor she went with captain america which is the right choice 
I, yeah, I would overall agree. I mean, there's a little bit of vacillate there, but I would. I'm going with Chris Pine. That's an interesting choice. Uh, You know, I don't find him that attractive, but I think he would be pretty fun to hang out with. I do too, Mm -hmm. honestly. I I, I do think, and I think he's attractive. I just don't think he's. I think he'd be snarky as fuck. I think so too. Yeah, I think he'd be fun. I'm here for it. I I guess, (laughs) I hate, I hate talking about celebrities (laughs) as real people because I know I don't know them as real people, so it makes me uncomfortable. But uh, the one thing that that Chris Evans has going for him that none of the other guys do is the fucking dog thing. It's the dog. I saw a video of him. His name is Dodger. Dodger. And I saw a video of him. It was so cute. He was taking this video and he's just go he just goes, Okay, it's bedtime. It's bedtime. And it's just it's just a video of Dodger like picking up this giant lion toy that's the size of him (laughs) and running through the house to carry it to bed and chris has to stop at one point because he stops too and he finds another lion and you hear him laughing in the background going oh no which one are we gonna choose what are we gonna pick which one are we gonna pick and the whole time he's just going like come on buddy let's get to bed let's get to bed (laughs) it's just so exactly the kind of it's it's you if that's yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) so he's definitely got that uh, but but no I, I yeah I I like I like Chris Pine too I think he's all the Chris's can come and play yeah for sure we like all the Chris's so I, I the other one is uh, Chris Pratt Parks and Rec thank you yeah who I don't who, know very much about him Jesusy for me he married a Schwarzenegger and he's off the map for me yeah that's what I was saying I don't really know as much he's, about his personal life but man he's a funny fucking dude some of the stuff that he improved in Parks Parks and Rec is so good <laughs> hot snakes. Oh my god! Just the the, the marker thing. The, the marker. marker was you ever the poop and you keep wiping and it just keeps. It doesn't. It's just like you wipe and you wipe and you wipe and you wipe. It's like a marker. Never comes clean. <laughs> so good. The the clip. Where I type. I uh, typed your symptoms into the search bar here, and it says you may have network connectivity issues. <laughs> the clip where it's him and Rob Lowe and Leslie, and they're trying to get something out of like an office or whatever, and he. Throws this briefcase and smashes the light light switch off and embraces the light switch. And Rob Lowe is like, Well, that's fucking phenomenal. And that's gonna, and he just starts singing. He's like, That's not something that props can fix. That's not gonna, that's gonna be really hard to fix. Like, he just seems like a really goofy guy. But there was the thing that he did with uh, him and Ron Swanson. And (laughs) fuck, what was he talking about? He was talking about like how he grew up or something. Oh, I can't remember what he said, but he was just line after line after line going through like, I was, you know, 25 until I knew what this was or all of this stupid shit that you just listen to and it's hilarious and you just think, like, where does this come from? Yeah, he's just <laughs> making this shit up. From, so. No, he he seems like a really good guy, but it broke my heart. And this is so dumb. I, we shouldn't be so invested in celebrity couples. Right, that that's what I mean it makes me uncomfortable but to I, talk about it. In the Anna Ferris chris Pratt breakup, I'm side with Anna. I feel the same way. I feel like uh, she's I my feel hero. Like she's great, and and he married a Schwarzenegger and got really Jesusy on me, and I'm over it. Not I that I don't were, I like Jesus. Fairly, or, like I think I think Anna Faris is fairly religious as well. Like, I, I think was that's listening, just, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know what that even means. He got to like is he? I just did he he turned into a creature. What the Schwarzeneggers feel just like I don't know. The, he, he made some statements and he talked about God, and I was like, I'm out. Honey, people can talk about God. <laughs> I know. I know I'm being so judgmental. But I listened to the Dak Shepard episode with Anna Ferris on his show. And she 
I want, and I feel like if I could, if I'm going to be like anybody in Hollywood, I would think that I would be most like her, like mm-hmm. her sense of humor, her sensibility, the kind of what stuff. What is your favorite said. role of hers? Oh, it's definitely probably Smiley Face. But mm-hmm. I also like her in Scary Movie. It's and Just I, Friends. Just Friends Just Friends. For me. Okay, no, yes. She's just Friends for me is the movie. best. Because she gets to just, just be so nuts. It's so good. And I think she said that. She was like, it was fun because I just got to be nuts. Yeah, she, and she I'm was. Literally yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's really great. Forgiveness. <laughs> more than saying sorry. I have the way off key, so but we just went way, way away from Bronco Billy. Mm. How we went. We started talking about Chris's and it became a thing. Anyway. Um, okay. Let me see what kind of questions I have for you. Oh, okay. Um, exciting. Did, have you been to a Wild West show? Um, no. I don't even... Do they still exist? So, I feel like the circus is the closest I've been to a Wild West show. Yeah, I, I've not been to one. I think... I do have um, a bit of an affinity for the Old West. I... I have been really interested in and read, and, and in fairness, a lot of it, Missouri is not the West, of course, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of folklore around Missouri. You know, we, we have the James Younger gang. Um, Je- and yeah, Jesse James too. How was hiding out? Yes, dear. Jesse James is part of the James Younger okay, gang. Okay, fine. Yeah. Like Sorry. I've definitely yeah. been in caves where like, Jesse James, yeah, sit so out here. Yeah, so Jesse okay. and Frank James are from Missouri. Right. Um, I, I still have, I have the book. It's actually really funny. Um, the biography of Cole Younger by Cole Younger. Nice. It's re- it's really good. Nice. It's really funny. He re- for real? Yeah, yeah. He wrote it. <laughs> the biography. The biography you of Cole Younger. By the Cole biography Younger. of Lindsay Schaefer by Lindsay Schaefer. Oh so yeah, that'll be my book for sure. It's a short book too. <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> not a lot to it. He had a really interesting life, but yeah, there's not. He didn't really go into detail about everybody else. Sure. So a lot of well, it was just about him, right? In fairness, <laughs> yes. So I I and I. You know, when we start talking about, like, Buffalo Bill Cody, um, bit of a racist. Everybody was in that time frame, you know. But he also, he actually did do a lot for the Native American community, uh, just in kind of a gross way. Mm. But, again, it was... I don't really know him. Again, it was that time frame. I mean, he put together the Wild West show. And he had a lot of very famous Indians Mm -hmm. at the time. He would give them work. He gave them jobs. Um, Was it very... uh, um, uh, what's the word, you know, playing off of somebody. Mm. Ah, fuck, I don't know. Uh, Ex- exploitative? Like, he was... Yes. He was exploiting He was definitely them. exploiting okay. them. But at the same time, he was giving them work, taking care of them, being, you know, okay. friends with them. Gotcha. Um, so he, also a very interesting guy. I, I, I guess, I, uh, where I was kind of going with that is I, I, I like my Western stuff to be the legit shit. Like, really? Like, I don't want to see an old West. Well, it's not even just that. Like, I don't want to. Well, yes. So, two things. One, I don't want to see an old West show now because it would be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And even in 1980, in my mind, it would have been ridiculous. Well, yeah. It's so, like, he's, he, it, it's it dumb. is ridiculous. Right. It's, it's it's tricks. It's riding tricks on yeah. a horse and a guy dancing around with snakes and yeah, yeah. it's silliness. and I I think the other thing that I I I want the truth. I just want yeah. the truth. And the truth is nasty and yeah, dirty, dirty and gross yep. and um it's Oregon Trail shit. Everybody's dying of dysentery and people, shit. People well, people are dying of dysentery. People are you know incredibly racist and um 
I just want to. I want to. I want to know and and appreciate the truth about who these people. The reality were. of what it. Really so means. I no, wanna, let's not romanticize it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's. How I don't. And I feel like any kind of the old west show, whether it was done during the old west or it not, is romanticizing that is it, pure yes. romanticization. Yes. And I don't. I'm not good with that. I want. Yeah, the real I, I want the actual biography of Collier, mm-hmm. which, in fairness, he really romanticizes stuff, but in a really funny way, yeah. too. Um, I want to, you know, if we're talking about a movie or a show, mm-hmm. I want to watch The Assassination of Jesse James. By the coward Robert Ford. That's the one. you got to say the whole title. I don't have to, because it could be another you movie finish a title anyway. It's not another movie title. James. There's no other movie title. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. So anyway, yeah, I want I want the dark, gritty reality right. or reality ish yeah i um i i've never seen a wild west show and i agree about the romantic the romanticizing of it is not wonderful mm-hmm. um because i do like the true the true nature stuff the the reality though is this is depressing and i don't like depressing shit when i think about that kind of stuff though i immediately think of annie oakley mm-hmm. i was she, slightly I mean, obsessed with annie oakley when i was younger so she worked with with uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill, Bill right, and, and I and I, that's what I mean by too that he was he exploiting these people. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because it was essentially a circus. Mm-hmm. But so many people owe their lives, their okay. fame, their money to him and his show, and she's one of them yeah. that he found her along the way, and she, she became like, who she was. I liked the idea. I mean, I, I read books about her. I just thought she was very. I don't know why I liked her so much, but I think it was something about she's a trailblazer, a, a woman in a man's world, yeah, and that. And doing the stuff that men do and doing it better than right, them. Right, right. And, and, and I was like, and this and this is, I can be whatever I want to be. I can be a woman in a man's world. And I think some of that came from my mom, but I think some of it was just influenced by other, like learning about other women who were, like you said, trailblazers. And this is a really awful story, but my dad had given me a red, red baby gun and I shot guns when I was a kid and stuff. And my friend who lived in town had a red rider BB gun and I'm like, let me show you how this works. And I... Did you shoot your eye out? No, no, no. Oh. I was in... I would have probably been like a freshman in high school maybe or maybe in the eighth grade. And we are in town. Mm-hmm. And I... We take... Open up her bedroom window. And I hang upside down out of the window with a BB gun. So I'm like hanging upside down. And I aim at a bird in a tree thinking there's no way I'm ever going to hit this bird. You killed the bird? I hit it. But I didn't kill it. I shredded its beak. So you killed it. I Can't don't want to get into eat. the details of what I had to do to try to kill it after that because I feel terrible about it and I to I will take this to my grave. I feel so terrible about it. Like awful. Did I, you did you kill it? Did you find it and I it I got it but I couldn't figure out a way to kill it. You got to slam it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I felt so bad because I don't like I don't like to kill things. I had killed plenty of frogs. Well, no, I killed plenty. Why of frogs are you killing frogs? It was just like you know I didn't mind killing frogs, but the what is it? I, gigging? Is that what it is? It wasn't gigging. I wasn't. I was shooting with my BB gun. Why? Target practice. Sociopath. Anyway, so Annie. You Oakley. do realize they make targets, right? Yeah. Like, no. Like we, would shoot, we would shoot cans and stuff. We would shoot like cans. We would line cans up and shoot those too. Alright, so. so. You also had a younger sister. Just make her go run around and you can shoot her in the ass with a BB. That's less harmful than killing the damn I frog. I would have so much trouble. Yeah. And I was a good kid, so I wouldn't have done that. But. Clearly, you were just killing neighborhood animals. That's my Annie Oakley story. I was wondering if it was Clint doing all those horse tricks, and then I read that he's very allergic to horses, so never mind on that. I don't know, though, because he... I mean, I, I legitimately don't know. I didn't see anything about it. But, yes, I read he was allergic to horses, but then I also read that... 
he was just miserable during the filming of this movie because he was obviously still around the horse the whole time. So maybe he did just suck it up and go, ah, fuck it. <laughs> uh, I liked the gas station attendant in the movie and the yeah, conversation when, when Bronco Billy first sees Antoinette after she's been left by her husband and he and the gas station attendant are talking about what happened to her and it's really, really, really nasty. Like, it's really gross. Like, they're talking about her like she's a thing. Yeah. And then he tells her he'll give her a dime. She follows him in those ridiculous heels back to the truck. Tells her, here's your dime. She turns around to go make the call. He smacks her in the ass yes. and says, you sure are pretty. And my question was, hot or gross? Gross. Fucking <laughs> gross. Because, And I think, again, it comes back to, do I think it's always gross if a man smacks a woman in the ass? No. But that is a very clearly unwanted touch. You mm-hmm. are a stranger yep. who is taking advantage of a woman in a very precarious situation. That's gross. And her cl- If you're friends or even enemies, but you know each other, mm-hmm. and you have some sort of weird jokey vibe, then it could be kind of hot. Even if you don't want it, it could still be a little bit of like, I don't want that, but I do. Her clomping around in those heels, and she's just like, ah, ah, ah. I just couldn't. The other thing about her, her hair. I couldn't get over her hair. My note, my note that I had to about falling in love. It said, it said something like, uh, "Oh, so she falls in love with him before her hair even falls." <laughs> because seriously, what the fuck? How did you? She didn't have curlers no. with her. I don't know how it's. How was she like bathing? That? The yeah. whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. But yeah, it was it was something. Mm. It was very late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. When she gets the new, she sees the newspaper with the headline, heiress murdered, that old style newspaper dispenser where you would put the money yeah, yeah. in and pull it down. I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot about those. You forgot like, about those? Who reads newspapers anymore? A like, lot of people. And like, they go to a place. My parents that, still get the paper delivered. They go to the orphanage and she's like, can I use your phone, sister? Sorry, we don't even have a phone. We don't have enough money for a phone. Can you imagine living in a world? Do you know what I thought too when they had that scene? What? I was really, I, okay, so... I watched a few different documentaries over the last... Well, I've watched a lot of documentaries over oh, the last no. several Oh, no. Is it about, like, nuns who abuse kids? Not specifically, although there was one. <laughs> I mean, there was. But the there were a couple that I watched about... Um, and it was actually in Canada, although we did it as well, about forcibly removing Native American children and sending them... Oh, yes. To... We definitely um, did that. ...various schools and mm-hmm. orphanages. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. most of them, of course, and are run raping by, them of their culture exactly. and of their families. Many sure. of them were run by Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So, yes, as soon as I saw in this Old West-themed franchise... We're taming the savage. ...where this man who already said, you know, if it weren't for me, y'all be back on the reservation <laughs> drinking your fire water. <laughs> and then we see the nuns. All I could think was... Oh, boy. I bet this place is... Filled with Indian children who have real families that they were torn away from. And they're probably all being abused as well. Because let's be real, that's what happens when you move children who aren't even real people into an environment with people who believe that they're not real people. Like when we talk about American history and slavery is such a big part of it, I feel like what happened to the Native Americans is like the secret shame. Um, Well, I mean, it was in a sense a genocide. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Yeah. I don't like to think about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. The newspaper dispensers. I think that was it. Um, the newspaper dispensers, it's funny that you even mentioned that. I don't, I feel like 
maybe I don't see them anywhere anymore, but I feel like I still see them places. Like, I hadn't ever forgotten about them. I don't think I've seen one in years and years. It's it's sort of like, if I do, it's like payphones. But, and newsstands... Payphones I notice not seeing. Right. Newsstands exist, but I've never lived in a place where there would be newsstands. Like, I've never lived in a big city or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So, yeah, I guess... they still have papers out. Like, at Starbucks, they still have... Oh, I guess you're right. No. Yeah, like at the coffee shops, you'll right. see the local papers. Yeah. Not well, the Post Dispatch, but no, like it's usually the Riverfront Times and stuff like that. Well, no, I mean to purchase. Like they'll have mm. a USA Today yeah. and, as well as the Post. Really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. You, you just you just don't notice papers because you I don't read them not. probably. Well, I don't. Yeah. And, and I know some people still get like USA Today, New York Times, that kind of stuff. They'll do the crossword puzzles. And so I, those, these, here's my other thing about newspapers. I'm really allergic to that. The ink. Are you really? Mm-hmm. And I, and it makes me sneeze, and I don't like that you get the ink all over your hands. So, so I've weird. just never been. I, I mean, there's something a, magical about getting the ink all over your hands. I have a real thing like, with paper. I love paper. I like books, and I like paper. Yeah, and I like just writing. I like pen to paper yeah, very yeah. much. But um, there's something great about getting like a really good pen and like a really good notebook, and you mm-hmm. can write in it and write in it. And that's one of my favorite things about my job is that I get to take notes. I I just think with newspapers, like you have the ability to fold over the exact article that you're looking at mm-hmm. and you can kind of play with the paper while you're reading it and I like the feel of it and I like the smell of it and it just I don't get the paper it's not yeah. like I do this often but the times that I do I it's there's a very um, tactile sensation that goes along with mm-hmm. the reading that I appreciate that being said um, editors seem to be a thing of the past yeah so whatever you read take with a grain of salt because yeah, no. fuck I hope that when I retire, by the time I retire, that newspapers still exist so I can be one of those people who gets up in the morning and has their coffee and, like, has a nice view of, like, a lake or something and can read the paper. And well, you wouldn't because you just said you're allergic to it. Right. But I would be able to, I would be willing to make the sacrifice. You know, we were talking earlier today about reading glasses. Then I'd be okay with having reading glasses. Yeah. So my question to you is, do I do the reading glasses with the chain where I can hang them around my neck like a librarian type? So that's going to be easy. My, I remember when my mom first had her reading glasses and she got the chain and I made fun of her because <laughs> what are you doing? I know. You look like You're an old making lady. yourself look older. And she just looks at me and she's like, I'm not going to lose them. I don't I, care what I look like. I'm not going to lose them. I'm now. more yeah. of a like in the hair person. Like I am too, just putting yeah. them like I up don't, in the head. So I've never worn glasses ever. But now that I'm working from home in a dark corner, mm-hmm. I find that the computer glasses are helpful. Yeah. And, yeah, like, when I get up to go do something else or, yeah, they just mm-hmm. flip up on top of my head. head. If I'm laying on the couch and on my phone and I have my glasses on, which I don't wear my glasses a lot, but if I do, a lot of times I'll put them on my head because I'd rather not have them on while I'm, like, looking at my phone. I don't need them for reading yet. Mm. At, although I was threatened with that by the fucking eye doctor today, that bitch. Anyway. Because you were because born at the time that Bronco Billy came out, because so. Well, it's looking like you're about to turn 41, so we probably need to check your reading, your ability to read close up. Oh, you turned 40 last year? Okay, well, then that means... You need to check out your tits. Your boobs are probably growing cancer. You can't read anymore. Your colon's probably growing cancer. Probably. You're not going to be able to read. Your eggs are all defunct. Really, a switch does flip. Also, you know, on the Fitbit... Oh, you were talking about your, your... dry dusty vagina too. dry dusty vagina i switch flips too because on the fitbit the day that i turned 40 my heart health got better i remember you saying that <laughs> i remember you telling me that because i can't it's get by past, some miracle like, I, and i did actually finally <laughs> my my resting heart rate uh like a, a couple months ago went down right now my, my overall resting heart rate is 63 so oh, i am in the age good. bracket well no 
because I'm in the age bracket that's still just average to good. For 35 to 39, you're just average to good. So if now, you, what I did when was, you turn I 40, broke, I bet you'll be good to I broke 50, 57, 58. Nice. When I was 57, 58, it did all of a sudden say... Just good? Uh, very good. <gasps> so it's good to very good. I've never made it past good. So I don't know what co- happens. What happens after good? Is it very, very good? Is good. It excellent? Because I was in very good. As under 60, I was in for that age bracket, 35 You're, to 39. You were in very good? I was very good. Very, very which nice. I got really excited about. But then my resting heart rate fluctuates and I haven't. Are you wearing the Fitbit right at night, though? If you wear it to bed, yeah. you'll probably be in very good all the time. You might no, even make it, it excellent. I wear, I wear it to bed, too. What happens okay. is, um, first of all, I'm a really anxious person. So I think that affects it sometimes, uh, yes. too. My, I've noticed my hormones really affect it. So the closer okay. I get to menstruating, the resting heart rate goes up. So in a couple more weeks, and, and I looked it up because I was kind of weirded out by it um, and found that it's actually really normal for that to happen, huh. that it can go up by five or seven beats um, as you kind of get premenstrual. So in another couple weeks, provided I keep working out, because there were a couple mm. weeks in there where I wasn't really working out, but provided I can keep that up and cut my stress levels... I say to the person whom is my manager at work, oh, <laughs> we can keep that down. Let's not blame that on me. I'm not blaming you, uh, but, you know, if you wanted to help out in that way. I guess I'll In just, a couple weeks, I can probably be back to very good. I'll maybe, be back down to, like, 58, 59. Maybe I make an announcement to everybody. Like, we need to keep Lindsay's stress levels to a minimum, so I'm going to need everybody She's to do She's going to be XYZ. giving you weekly Fitbit reports. <laughs> Every staff meeting. And what is your resting heart rate? What is yours? Last week. That you're you're good? I'm in like the mid 60s. But like a bad, like it's interesting to me that you're saying your cycle would increase it because Mm -hmm. I don't really have a cycle now, but I do think I sort of do like every three months or so, I feel like I might cycle Mm -hmm. a little bit. So I think maybe I'm I'm curious if I could look at it. And it's not because I'm fucking perimenopausal. It's because I have a fucking... You I have a... I almost said UTI. I have an IUD. I have an IUD. So it changes that. And I'm your hormones yeah, are affected yeah. by that. So I'm wondering if... I'm all natural. Because like the last couple of weeks, I've been in like the mid-60s. And I'm wondering if it would... But when it goes up, I'm wondering if it's because of that now. I'm, uh, it could be. I mean, I noticed it a few months ago. I noticed that particular correlation. And it's been hmm. yeah like legitimately weird so so when you go to sleep at night how low do you get because you wear it at night right yeah i don't know i probably dip into the 50s i'm not sure fuck but I, that's it just down into the what, I, like, mine is definitely higher than yours i am not in great shape how do i see how, where i go if at? you go to your heart rate it'll show you i think like well that's probably not a good one I had like 50, a, when I have alcohol during the day, it doesn't get that low at night. 55 was as low as I got last night, but I get down to 50. So, like, uh, the other, like, Thursday night, I got down to 52. Yeah. So, if I go back to, like, July 17th, this was just one that I clicked on. My resting heart rate is 59, and at night I got down to, like, 50. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No, now I'm really curious. That was when I was very good. As opposed to just average to good. So I look back. Part to the of data. me is very excited to turn. Yeah, if I go back to June June twenty third at night around midnight, I got down to forty eight. Wow, which is actually kind of scary. That's, that's like, almost dead. That's borderline bradycardic. So that's kind you're of dead. concerning. Um, you're not. No. No, but fine. like if I. But I'm a paranoid person, so I'm gonna be scared. You're about. fucking. So. Oh my god. I think that's the one thing I have to look forward to about turning forty. 
if I can manage to stay in shape for the next couple of years, I, I could maybe be very good again. Maybe. So I have, I have one last question for you to do with Wild West shows and potentially Bronco Belly. Okay. Would <laughs> one, do you think if I tossed a plate in the air, you could shoot it and hit it? Um, I have been skeet shooting once and I had some success. I've never so, actually shot a target like that. I've only shot still targets. Yeah, I uh, I had some success with it, okay. and I would say I have pretty good. I don't I don't like guns. I have shot them just on a few occasions. The skeet mm-hmm. shooting, which I had more success with than using a handgun, which I'm kind of okay with because I don't fucking want to use a handgun again. I didn't like it. I don't like it. I don't want it to be a part of me. But in general, I tend to have really good aim when I mm-hmm. throw things. Um, when I throw knives, I'm not saying I'm awesome, awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, but I usually have pretty good aim. So, yes, I don't know if I could do it right now, but I feel like that's something I could learn really quickly. Okay. And um, well, we'll just say it's Bronco Billy. Uh-huh. Would you be okay with getting strapped down to that spinning circle and let him shoot the balloons and throw the knife? No. And knowing, knowing that he never misses. You don't know he never misses. He yes, cut that woman in the first scene. That's because she moved her leg. How could she move her leg? She was tied you didn't up. You did She moved her leg and he hit her. Barely. No. I, because you got to build trust with someone. And I don't trust assholes. I mean, maybe that's not entirely true. I probably trust a few assholes. Yes. But. Trust yourself. It would take, I don't know that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be a very untrustworthy person. <laughs> what was the question the other day? You know, how would you break up with yourself? Oh, and yeah. My you, answer you is said, ghosting. I'm a ghost. Yeah, I would fucking ghost myself, too. That's well, not a trustworthy answer. <laughs> um, if, if we built up enough trust, then yeah. Yeah. You would if you trusted the person. Yeah. And you had seen, I would have. And had, I knew that he was good at this. Like if I, so trusting in his abilities and, and you, trusting you him. had seen it's that he had executed things. I absolutely would not allow someone to tie me to that board and throw knives and shoot at me. I mean, it was buckshot first. No of all. fucking way would I do that. So no fucking way, for a multitude of reasons. One, too risky. Two, I would for sure be barfing on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see that. You would. <laughs> I might now. That's speaking of aging. That's something that you do not that age definitely it gets affects. worse. Oh yeah, I used to like when I was a teenager and in my twenties or early early to mid twenties, roller coasters and shit. So much fun. You know the Highland Fling. You know the Highland Fling. I hate the Highland Fling. I fucking love the Highland Fling at Six Flags. And we went on it after the power went out. Power went out for like an hour or so at Six Flags and we were in line for it like the minute they turned it back on and that thing went batshit crazy they shut it down after they got let us off like they (laughs) they let us off everybody got off super slow and we just kind of walked all walked into each other like people were hanging over the railings I don't mean to throw up well some people probably did but I mean not feeling yeah just that dizzy and out of it Um, and then they shut it down for another half hour as they recalibrated but that was so much fun when we went to for for Melissa's bachelorette party, yeah, when we went, we to, went Worlds of Fun. to Worlds of Fun, wasn't wasn't a World of Fun. It was it was still fun, but there's a definite there's a distinct difference that I get dizzier easier, mm-hmm. you know that kind of. And I've heard it from other people too that like you get to a certain age where you just, which makes sense because your body changes, um, and your equilibrium can kind of get thrown off too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I I can't 
I mean, not that I go to theme parks often enough to really know exactly how bad it's gotten, mm-hmm. but I, I feel the difference. Yeah. Or have felt the difference. So if you used to throw up when you were a kid... It's probably worse. You might die now. I don't know. I think I got more motion sick, because I can read when I fly, and I can read somewhat in the car now without getting sick, but... They're I can't def- read in the car without getting sick. Like, I mean, reading on the phone, if I do it for too long, I do have to stop, because it starts to feel like I'm going to barf. Um, I had my eye just went weird the other day. Um, sidebar. But in front of the computer all day, and then I was reading on my phone as well, and my right eye just went kind of bleary. Mm. And, like, it didn't, not only did it feel like it wasn't focused, it felt like I couldn't move it, which is a really freaky yeah. thing. And then, of course, I ran to the mirror and was looking in the mirror, like, is my eye not moving? It feels like it's not moving. It feels like, you know, that initial moment of am I having a stroke? Because it was a weird feeling. It was still moving. I think it was all right. But, I mean, it was a very... And I would say that happens to me more often than getting sick from reading stuff. It's usually more in my eyes. And I have really bad chronic dry eye, too. Yeah. So it's and usually more like... right now. Exactly. If my, if my head's congested, too, everything just kind of goes blurry and indistinct. Yeah. You need to... I mean, anything happens to your eye, just close it. And open it, and you'll be fine. Right. I'm not good about closing my eyes, you, you know? Close it. You close I one at a time, you know? I don't sleep well. I don't. Camera just, one, camera two. Stop camera winking one, at me. Camera two. Are you coming on to me right no. now? No. Wayne's World. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that you didn't like Bronco Billy. I appreciate your willingness to pay two ninety nine to rent it off of... <laughs> yeah, I paid for <laughs> this paid. too. Um, that said, I do think that this movie is of a time. Mm-hmm. And that is partly why it hasn't aged well. Yeah, I know. I think that's And I think if you are a Clint Eastwood fan or you're interested in seeing, I would put this in, if if you had to pick Clint Eastwood movies to pick, to to watch, this would be for me like top three, five to Mm. watch. Of of his entire career? Because I think it sticks out. So you're talking million dollar baby, it's on like the same level. I haven't seen Million Dollar Baby, and truthfully, I don't want to see Million Dollar Baby. Oh my god, Baby. you've never seen it? No. Wait, seriously? No. I don't no. want to see it. Oh, I don't give a shit. It's going on the list now. How have you gotten away from that? I don't care about it. Well, so? I don't care about speed, but <laughs> I I can't. I'm, I'm... I prefer Hundred Dollar Baby. Hundred Dollar Baby's great. It's a great one. I cannot believe you haven't seen it, though. Wait, not, you've seen, you know, not you've a... seen Mystic River? Yeah. Okay. Not a huge fan of Hilary Swank, honestly. She's great in it. You're, uh, honestly, you're going to love her in this. All right. Okay, so if you haven't seen Bronco Billy and you like movies from the late 70s, early 80s, I strongly recommend It's a Fun Watch. But I also understand that Lindsay might have talked you out of that. Well, in fairness, I'm coming at it from somebody who, uh, what do we, we, Heathers. Heathers was another one like this, where... If this mm-hmm. is the first time in 2020, this is the first time that you're seeing it. Yeah, it's not going to I think hit you may have a similar reaction to what I had. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not worth the watch, and it doesn't mean that you won't be able to suspend that. Right. But I think that's really what it comes down to, is it's just uh, coming at it the first time in this day and age is very different, I think, from Yes, than having watched, having watched it as a kid, or right. if you had watched it when it first was released. So, All right. Well, thank you for watching. And thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. The Movie Virgins. Hey people, this is Leah. We hope you enjoyed that one. Um, If you haven't seen Bronco Billy, I strongly recommend it. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I hope you're having a good week.
I'm feeling very T-G-I-F-E, and it is, as in like, thank God it's friday E, and it's only Thursday night, so it's been a heck of a week, heck of a week. Um, anyway, we have upcoming 365 days, that's going to be a fun one, um, and we also have Saving Private Ryan, which is a not-so-fun one, so... You have that to look forward to, aside from your weekend um, or your week. I don't know when you're listening to this. So whatever day it is, I hope it's been a good one or it is a good one or it will be a good one. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at Movie Virgins Pod. Wherever you're listening, we'd love it if you rate us and um, or well, subscribe. And then on Apple Podcasts, rate us and review us. That would be lovely. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. i